0: This podcast episode is sponsored by Shopify queen, Sarah Jensel of Jensel and co. Do you currently have a Shopify site selling products or services that aren't performing as well as you're hoping, or do you have a product or service you'd love to sell, but you have no idea where to start? Well, my girl, Sarah Jensel, the Shopify queen, is a person to talk to. She is amazing and brilliant at branding and is currently helping me completely revamp my website on Shopify to showcase my new brand and selling my products. So if this sounds like something you've been looking for please reach out to her at, on IG at Sarah Jensel, that's J-A-N-S-E-L. Leave her the code Sylvie, that's S-Y-L-B-I-E, and she will add you to her free Shopify Facebook group where she coaches weekly on Shopify strategies and has tons of content to help you in your Shopify journey to building your online business. So don't forget, DM her on Instagram at sarah Jensel, J-A-N-S-E-L and leave her the code, Sylvie. She'll reach out and add you to her community. Thank you very much and have an amazing day and enjoy the episode. All right, welcome to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Daou, sitting here in Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. And I have Frankie Holt, who is in the States. She has an amazing product that we are going to be talking about is sustainable bags for Epic cycling and adventures. So this is a little bit about Frankie. So she's an LA based uh, artist who made her career as an art director working for the working for such magazines as men's fitness. If anybody has never picked up a men's fitness magazine, I picked up a couple I've been I'm in the fitness industry. So I've used their magazines multiple ideas, um, and architectural design. An avid cyclist and traveler, uh, she launched Fierce Hazel, so that's her brand, in 2019 because she needed a pouch to keep her stuff safe while she biked and couldn't find the one that, I love it, because that's how everything starts. It's like, where is it? I'm just going to design it. Welcome, Frankie, to the podcast. Great. Thank you so much. So I always love to get started um, with the question, how you got into cycling and how it brought you, well, we know a little bit about how the your brand Fierce Hazel, and I love the name, by the way, mm-hmm, got started. So tell us a little bit yeah, about your background. I mean
1: I didn't start cycling as we know it today or how we often um, bike until I was 40. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm 54. Four now. So um, um when I was 40, I was in a nice spot. Um I was recently divorced and super happy, like life is great. <laughs> <laughs> um I love it. And <laughs> pre- prior to that, I've actually been um like obese for like many years through my late 20s oh. and 30s. Um and by the time I was 40, I was in um just better physical shape. And feeling good, and my sister and her husband offered uh, as a birthday gift a um a ride over the Blue Ridge Mountains or the Appalachian Trail. And yeah, at that yeah. point, I'd been doing basically indoor indoor spinning, um and yeah. I'd never clipped in so a ten speed, you know. And I met them, you know,
0: <laughs> at this, on this so hill like, in North, Carol- here's North Carolina. Here's the bike. This yeah. is what we're going. You're basically.
1: Like- and I learned to, um, clip in on a little hill on the, on the hotel oh, parking lot, my the gosh. Um, but it was amazing experience. I mean, like I fell in love cause it was in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I mean, at the time it was, I mean, it was difficult. Um, but I was with my sister and her husband and they were very supportive and it was just fun. It was mm-hmm. just like bliss. It was just wonderful. So, okay. So that's great. So I get back to LA, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, like okay, what? okay, survive that,
0: right?
1: <laughs> and I'm like, what do I do? Like, uh, where do I bike? Like, I live basically in um, in Central LA. Like, oh. there's no,
0: um, I don't know, I not I've never been to shop. LA, but I can imagine.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was fine, but I really didn't know what to do. But by um, pure luck, um, that next weekend. I'm back in L.A. No, no one in this bike industry. No one, none of my friends bike outside. They're all indoor Mm -hmm. gym people. And um, I happened to meet a man who is now my husband. (laughs) But at the time, we met at this like book signing and he was like, he had just done like a hundred mile ride. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) man. I was so impressed, you know, but actually it was great. He was, I mean, he got me in touch with a a group of people in LA and that led to one thing led to another. And also by great luck, the first group of cyclists I met were wonderfully welcoming and supportive. Mm -hmm. And that first group ride, I don't know, we all know how um, stressful it can be or, you know, it was Mm -hmm. just, and I just got lucky, like a couple of women, there were, I mean, men too, but were just very nice.
0: And mm-hmm. helpful
1: and that that's was always
0: nice that was
1: everything <laughs> and I try to take that with me now to you mm-hmm. know because it was I mean, I was a newbie, um, I had some uh, I had no skill, but you know I had some uh, I was aerobic capacity, but like anyway, it was great, it was great and um, so that's how I got into cycling. it was just it was a really great way from because I was kind of sick of being indoors at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a runner for different issues and it was great. i could leave my house and exercise. So
0: I love that. Like I, I love that you had a good experience because some I've heard have not
1: oh, had God, it can be awful. the even bet. Still, yeah. Even now, like I'm still traumatized mm-hmm. by a new group ride because you just never know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I have, a, I actually, like, I didn't get to introduce myself too much, but I have a women's cycling club here oh, in yeah. Ottawa. And I, as for 14 years, I've had my club. So one of the things is being very welcoming and not to let anybody, you know, drop off, like it's no drop policy. Right. And yeah. that makes a huge, huge difference for women. Um, I don't know about men, but I, I kind of figure that men will go back anyways. <laughs> regardless of what happens
1: yeah they can find someone (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) but women is different and we have a lot of women who join our club from other clubs that have had you know not not the best experience so it it's a huge factor for people having a great experience on the bike and that's the oh i think yeah i mean which
1: you know because of that you know it's first hazel you know today um, being inclusive and open to everyone is super important, you know, because mm-hmm. it's so easy. Cause I mean, for a while and still now I did, um, especially in my forties, do a lot of events, um, you know, races, um, endurance events, that kind of thing. Oh,
0: cool. And Which ones certain... did you participate in? Can I ask or... uh, Cause well, I'm learning you know, about I... lots of them um, well, in I the States. The,
1: um, there were things called the, um, uh, Mulholland challenge which are in LA so okay. different like a ride that would be 14,000 feet and a hundred and some miles um oh. I did early in the day um the Belgian waffle ride BWR oh. but, but back yeah, in heard. 2015 so it was kind of at the beginning stages um, yeah I've heard about that thing. one there used to be a thing um a ride called Everest challenge which was in the oh. mountains in the Sierras which was a two-day event over the two days, you rode the, um, elevation of Mount Everest, which was 28,000 feet. I mean, wow! I, actually that one, I did a DNF, but kind of relates to my pouches in a way. Cause it was, <laughs> issue, no, it was issues that were going on with me as a woman that mm-hmm. affected my, my race day, um, which I didn't right. know about at the time, but, um,
0: So Are you going to um, share so, yeah. that with us, Frankie, oh, yeah. you're going to have to um, share that. Cause is <laughs> that the full story? Here. Yeah. I mean, about Everest challenge or yeah, I've been, I, I've been close to Everest, so I can't, Yeah, so I that can, was, I mean,
1: it, it was my first, it was a big uh, challenge. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. especially for me at the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, would be for anyone. I think, um, yeah. <laughs> my, I I'm not, um, traditionally what you would say, my body isn't like climbers body. Um, so I'm, I'm better at, like steady endurance, like, um, so I'm not lightweight, um, my power, you know, like, so I, I trained, I hired a coach who was great, um, and trained throughout the entire summer leading up to this event, which was in September, I think. Okay. Um, and so here in LA, um, into September, cause it's really hot. So some of my trainings yeah. were like, I mean, it was literally I mean, over a hundred degrees, um, Fahrenheit, um, training and you know, so heat training. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd also been, um, having very heavy bleeding with my, um, just my uh, monthly cycle, but over time, um, leading up to that, it turned, they found something that they were worried about. Um, so the Friday before the drive up, I had a, um, I forget the name of it, but like basically the test, if it was cancerous or not. okay. Um, So that was kind of stressful. Um, Mm -hmm. And also I had very heavy bleeding, which, um,
0: is a, <laughs> how thing, do you, yeah, right? I, I, then, I I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I'm kind of, I can't say that I'm moving out of that, but I oh, I'm out of like, it. Like just, just, amazing, yeah, just dealing with that when you're cycling, like, yeah. I mean, I use a diva cup, but still mm-hmm. you have to take yeah. care of that. Like you can't yeah. just, well, that's why my
1: first, we'll get back to this, but that's why my is yeah. they all have, um, a slot for a tampon. That was like the key thing with my. Oh, nice. But back to Everest Challenge. So then we get up there and it was a freak snowstorm. Freak. (gasps) So, um, so. Oh my gosh. So we knew it was going to be cold. Like, I mean, the weather report, but um, when you transition from heat to cold weather, typically, you know, you go through summer, fall, you build and you get used to it. And so one, I did not have enough layers. So I didn't dress right. Um, when I get to the top of the first climb, my food bar was frozen because I'd been testing with, you know, nutrition during heat, not thinking that cold weather, it'd be too hard to eat, you know, like all these things, like you don't, right. So my, my power, my protein bar was like, I don't think I'd
0: think of that either.
1: Yeah. So then I was so cold and shaking. Like I, I descended without really eating. And by that point, you know, I'm, I'm in the, I'm like out of it. And then also I was stressed from the cancer tests, which I mean, it came out fine. No, no problem, but still stressful. And then the bleeding and Mm -hmm. it was just a a lot. And so I didn't, I didn't, um, finish.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I can see that.
1: It's kind of like, like,
0: (laughs) but nothing, nothing there was like, it was kind of one of those, you know, (laughs) you're just going to finish this up. (laughs) But you know, I, and I've done
1: plenty of training it would have been hard no matter what. I mean, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like, no matter how much training, it's always going to be hard for any of them. Um, but, um, but it was, I had a lot of extra factors going into it that some of yeah. my male friends didn't have to deal with. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, so yeah, but yeah, but back to the, um, my, my, my first product, which, um, which was the, the Echelon pouch, which is um, a small pouch designed The size is specifically, so it fits in the back of your Jersey pocket. Yeah. Um, I was
0: looking at those. Those are so, nice. Um,
1: and then um, in the, in the back slot, there's actually a slot that you can use for a, um, you know, whatever, a tire lever or a pencil, but it was designed for a tampon. And the same with my ride wallet, there's a slot in the very front, which is designed to fit a tampon. And that was because I would do these events and be on my period and have to like, you know, go to the porta potty and like, hurry, hurry, mm-hmm. hurry. Whereas yeah. it falls out, and I just wanted everything <laughs> in, in one place, you know, like mm-hmm. a little place for a handy wipe, because sometimes you need that in the porta potty. There's no
0: toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. You have to um, think about things like this.
1: Yeah. So um, <laughs> those were things that, I mean, that was specifically what I needed, um, especially. Uh, yeah. So that's, that was the origin of those. But the, um, uh, it's a little uh, jump forward. But the interesting <laughs> thing I found, because um, when I first developed these products, I really thought it would be, you know, bags for women. Like I was really going to just focus on women cyclists. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily I was, I mean, actually pleasantly surprised. Actually, most of my customers are probably 80% men. Um, and what really, well, I think the cycling world is mostly men. Right. So it's, yeah, um, yeah, especially you, yeah. in the people in like the performance arena. Um, mm-hmm. Although getting back to what we first talking about, it's important that I include everyone who bikes not Mm -hmm. just those who participate in cycling events or race, um, because really the, there's more people who just ride bikes Mm -hmm. than there are who ride it for sport or for, um, you know, event racing. So, um, but, um, for sure, but yeah, so, I mean, I just learned a little bit. So doing, um, designing gear, it was my first, like, I wasn't a gear designer, so it was all new to me, um, how to design product and get it made, um. And I realized that you can design something and it can have universal appeal. It doesn't need to be like for a woman or for a man. Um, for example, the the slot for a tampon is great for a tire lover or great for chapstick or for a pen Ooh, or chapstick. Yeah. So it's like that's you can something design for universal use, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be so specific, um, which actually was good, just also good for me and also thinking about people who, or maybe, you know, non-gendered and, you know, not have to focus on these typical gender stereotypes that, um, not stereotypes, but, you know, like just being open to everyone, like, yeah,
0: and that's what I try to do. Excellent. So where did the, the name come from? Fierce Um, Hazel, like that's, I love it.
1: Slightly random, um, but not... (laughs) over wine with a
0: bunch of friends?
1: No. no, actually jet lag, 3 a.m. not being able to sleep. I um, <laughs> I gotten back, um, um, this goes back to uh, when I turned 50 that year, I had um, building up to a time when I was in Paris for four months because I had a grant um, for my, my fine artwork. and I get back to oh. LA and I was a little bit depressed. Um, and I, um, didn't even feel like biking. I didn't feel like making art just because it was a big transition and, um, life change. And, um, um, so what I did, cause this idea to make the pouch had been like really in a bin in my garage for a couple of years. Like I bought the material mm. and I'm like, I'd never done it. And for some reason I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just make this pouch. Cause I didn't, I was just again, a little bit depressed and wanted to do something. And actually it was kind of cool to make make something. Um, And then I thought, well, maybe I can sell them. Like, what am I going to do? I need a name. Um, At that time, you know, the word fierce was kind of like around a lot. And I think it was kind of, um, I liked the concept. And Hazel goes back to when I was in college and would often make my own clothes. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah. But it was also based on being very heavy and not knowing, not being able to buy clothes that fit me. So I had to often okay. like make things. Um, uh-huh. and also I was like one of those typical, like ironic
0: art school kids and, uh, went to the <laughs> local like thrift store and there were the, Hey man, I'm all over that. Like I right. I've, I've modified stuff too, for my kids and for myself. And, you know, yeah. just like, I like this, but it's, I'll, I could change it.
1: Yeah, you gotta make it work yeah. for your yeah. what you want in your body. Or you I know, think your that's needs. so
0: creative. I yeah. love it.
1: Um, but there was this little packet of um, little tags that you sew in things that you make, and it was like you know it was said specially fashioned by Hazel, and I thought it was Ooh. just like funny. I don't know why. I'm like oh, so it kind of became my alter ego. Like when I would make clothes, oh. I would sew in this tag that said oh. made by Hazel as a. Mm-hmm. It was just a, not a joke, but like a. I don't know. It's just random. It's like
0: your own label.
1: Yeah. But then that name came back with fierce Hazel. And then it kind of, I mean, the concept works like the two, um, just about the concept of what the names mean, like fierce, we know what fierce means, like bold Mm -hmm. and, you know, fearless, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then Hazel is a little bit more like maybe not so much like that. Um, and I feel like that's, they're both kind of me, you know, like, um, I've done these things, which are epic and big, but it's really been very difficult and it takes a lot of effort and scary. Um, so it kind of puts together both of those, um, I don't know, personalities, um, into, into one name.
0: Yeah, I like it. it. I mean, it's super appealing. Fierce yeah. Hazel. Like, so talk, do you, like I see some stuff hanging on your wall. Are those mm-hmm. your products? can you um, show us what is there do you have anything this, close by i do
1: this what's hanging on the wall are actually the prototypes
0: of this bigger bag okay everybody so, so this is going to be visually like you might want to go to youtube and check this out because i i love the fact that now since she's got some products since frankie has some uh, some stuff over that we could see because you know mm-hmm. p- pictures are like pictures but then if you get to see it, it's almost way better yeah
1: so um, yeah so this that product jumps forward for my other products but um which is really cool about that it's um anyway uh, on the wall, I found this um in a paris flea market a vintage swiss um bike bag for a bike oh. for and so for it's like really an smart army design yeah army um for nineteen thirties or forties. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Swiss Army bike bag. Um, yeah. So I use that concept to make this bag. It's called um, this one. It's called the Urban Explorer Explorer bag. So yeah. Has, let's um, see
0: that. Oh, that's really nice. It has a really lot nice. of straps
1: on the back or mm-hmm. attachments, so you can wear it as a backpack, crossbody, all kinds of ways. Right. But the it's, it's um, the cool thing about this. The main thing is that it's it's made literally from scraps of fabric from the factory floor. So that, oh. it happened when I was at the factory in Vietnam, um, finishing <laughs> the smaller pieces. And I brought this, um, co- the concept with me, cause I, it was going to be a future item, like a bigger thing for the future, mm-hmm. but literally walking around the factory, they happened to be working on another client's, um, order that, um, they make these big things for outdoor use. And they were mm-hmm. cut out this circle of fabric that is really thrown away. Um, yeah. and so, literally like this bag was made out of those remnants. Um mm. and the material that it's made from is um in itself also eco-friendly. It's called olefin. Um, and it's kind of complicated, but it's made from petroleum byproduct. So all so when people factories, whatever make petroleum products, um yeah. say plastic or yeah. whatever. There's still crap that gets that's discarded, like chemicals. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough to describe it well, but like just basically this byproduct um, yeah. that used to be and still is actually just thrown away and put into our oceans and who knows where it goes. So this fabric is made from the waste, but when people make plastic, the waste that comes from making petroleum products. Right. So it's pretty cool. It's super durable. It's lightweight. It's um, it sheds water really well um, oh, and yeah. people, you, you might, you'd probably see it like an outdoor, like an outdoor umbrella, outdoor seat cushions, um, that kind of thing. Um, okay, so what about, no- it, is,
0: it, um, is it made into jackets now? Like, I'm just thinking no. Vortex, but there's gotta be another no, product not, other than- it's
1: not that technical. No one's using it okay. at all in bags in the US or- Oh, okay. Um, it's some people are using it. It's mostly used like in uh, outdoor products. Um, okay. Like a, again, a seat, seat cushion or something in yeah, yeah, your yeah. patio. Um, but I've been using it and testing it and it's it's amazing. So the next products I'm coming out with next year, which are going to be like a handlebar bag and a seat
0: bag, mm. will be made out of this material. Um, That's huge, Frankie. Yeah. Like uh, I've uh, just inc- just added one to my bike. So mm-hmm. I took my back bike, my back tool bag. And I was able to put all my tools and everything in the side pouches mm-hmm. and then all my food in the front. And so yeah. uh, you know, I always thought everybody was like kind of funny with those and I <laughs> until I got you know, one. And too. then I'm like, <laughs> I totally love it.
1: <laughs> I love it. And I love not having my my back full of crap. Um mm, like that long too. Garage. So
0: yeah. So and now I, again, I bought cargo pants so I can fit my phone yeah. here so it's easily accessible I'm not wrenching my shoulder yeah. to get back at it exactly. so I just have very few things in my back pocket and everything is literally in front like of it, me the
1: cockpit,
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that makes funny. such a huge difference the only thing yeah. I found is that bag was a little bit big it was mm-hmm. interfering with my gears yeah yeah. <laughs> but anyways whatever an
1: early, early prototype you
0: won't oh. find it. It's mm-hmm. not on the website because it'll be next year. But that's um, nice. Hope everybody keeps your eye on that. Yeah. There we go. Um, again, I'm really excited about
1: it. I mean, it's um just because the material and being eco-friendly, there's it's yeah. It's, um uh, there's other ways that companies are being um eco conscious, which is great, but um I think mm-hmm. this it's be a very unique product and um and also useful. So like the main, like the core the core words in my company, um, uh, business are functional, sustainable, and unique. So every right. product that I make has to be those functional, like function first, um, sustainable yeah. and then unique. Cause if I don't want to make anything that's already out there, like, right. That seems actually a little bit wasteful because if someone's
0: already making it, like, why should I do it? It's, it doesn't make sense to my, um, mindset. So, do you find that using the scrap pieces of material is saving in your costs? Like, I'm just as a, um, as a yes question, because, no, like, some,
1: yeah, like, for that example, would go to garbage. Yeah, go to garbage. The, the, the fact that, um, I mean, the uh, sustainability aspect of the business is uh, like my mind was blown, like, learning about it all. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. go into it thinking about sustainability it was not something that was on my radar. I mean, I thought I was like, you know, I'd recycle and I was, you know, do my part um but I didn't understand the astronomical waste that goes on. Um, oh god, I bet. I bet it's, it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So, um so using remnants was also um also being self-funded and very small. Like I couldn't typically you would need to buy like 300 meters of a fabric um yeah. to make something that was way above my um what I was well my budget but also what I was going to make um because actually fabric is is pretty cheap so that's that's kind of the sad good sad part about manufacturing is right. um things like fabric even in your clothes everything is pretty cheap so um even though I don't get charged for some of the remnants it's yeah. actually more expensive in a way because the um the labor costs to source it, you know, figure it out. It would be much easier if I could just buy a right. bolt of fabric.
0: Yeah. Cause I'm easier. sure they have to like, okay, everything we don't use from this goes to her and they have that, F- that figure whole, it out and save yeah. it or
1: not save it. And then I have yeah, yeah, to like yeah. design it. Um, it's like some of these, but it's kind of fun. Like, so here's the, um, like these pouches. Um, yeah.
0: Let's see some of them.
1: Yes. Of I just, yeah different colors mm-hmm. um, because of that's the remnants they have but then right. they most always have black so they'll yeah. always be um like a black version right um, but yeah every run I make um they just have different color swatches so I have to kind of recreate um oh, so like
0: you could be you could totally have like different batches yeah. of different and nobody exactly. would know really like, no, guess what? Yeah. It's orange it's and black cool. and yellow yeah. today. <laughs> um
1: yeah, again, because I need to fit um those are unique, but are gonna function properly. Like if it doesn't, if it's not strong and durable, then oh I, don't I make see
0: it. You, have to, um, you have to filter through the different
1: yeah. different but,
0: types of fabric. Okay. But
1: that's also why I have this one that's I call it the ballistic black. Yeah. Uh, which is heavier and super durable. Um, because um, because the factory that I use in Vietnam and I went there to um you know to visit them to make sure they were ethical they treat their um employees well um it all checked out um and they make a lot of gear you know for obviously other companies that are bigger um and do a lot of just durable big backpacks for like urban use mm-hmm. and so this this heavier fabric this black they kind of almost always have a version of it in some way or another like it's it's going to be they're gonna have enough for my small run. So that's why um, for the little pouch, I had that ballistic version. I don't have them with, but this is the um, the bigger. Um, okay, yeah. Ride yes. wallet. Um, yeah. I don't have it with me, but there is a black, um, um, more durable.
0: Is that uh, one fit version. your phone? Is that what it's for? Mm-hmm. Like that size, right?
1: Yeah, this size fits the phone. It fits the entire um, toolkit um, also. okay. Um, but they do fit, um, yeah, for sure. They fit in pretty large phones too.
0: Yeah, Um, I know. Mine's pretty large. I'm like,
1: and the cool thing about this one, the feather, this, um, it's called the, um, de Fierce. Um, Oh, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, it's the, it's only 40 grams and it's the lightest full-size wallet in the world for cycling. Like there isn't one lighter, like for the big size, um, it's the lightest out there.
0: It's only 40 grams. Wow. So you know there is the tool the fam coming up, right? hmm mm-hmm. Yep. That'd be mm-hmm. a great time to be advertising the stuff. Yeah. Um while we're all watching the ladies. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. yeah, those are really good products. I like yeah. those. And I've also noticed, because I just got a gravel bike, like mm-hmm. everybody else, mm-hmm. um, that my gravel bike has two Uh, uh, screws on the top tube. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you have a product for that, but they Mm -hmm. have little top tube bags that screw on. Yeah. Yeah. Not too many. I think there's only a couple companies from what I hear are a handful that are Mm -hmm. making products that accommodate that. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I probably wouldn't do something like that anytime soon, just because it's so specific.
0: Because you right. need to
1: have the correct bike for it to fit. And um, I mean, it is important that my products appeal and can be used by
0: a lot of people. I mean, yeah, if, like I was just thinking you, of the the duo, like with the front bag, mm-hmm. like as well, a matching make, set.
1: Um, probably be a whole end of next year. But um, what I use a lot is a stem bag, which is basically an open bag. Uh, it would fit like a um. Like a beer can or a water bottle. Oh, and often it's open, but I keep my phone in there because okay. for travel rides, it's just fun to pull your phone. Mm-hmm. Like it's for um, like I yeah, it's just for uh, again, like fun rides. I think yeah, I don't yeah. know if you if you're racing, you might use it because it might not super practical. But um, again, well, I wanna, you know, riding
0: with the kids is yeah. I say that would be a fun ride for me.
1: Yeah. No. Or even, a, even a lot of gravel rides, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's,
0: you're not going super fast. You're just like, you're, yeah. you're casually going out with friends. Yeah. So, um, yeah.
1: But yeah, like the, like the two like pouches like this, like if you're like a super roadie and you're weight weenie and like, you mm-hmm. only want to wear, you know, it's like 12 grams. Like it's like super, super light. Um, wow. Um, and actually super durable. I mean, I have people you use them for a couple of years and they, they really, they're the factory, they do an amazing job. Like it's, I really looked out. Um, so they're very durable, but they, but something like this will last forever because it's just right. super, um,
0: cause everything well, wear and tear. Yeah. I mean, like I can see using that in multiple other areas, not just cycling. Oh yeah. Like, no, it's,
1: it's great for, um,
0: like just I going have, out. Yeah, like, um,
1: let me have my phone, but the the phone like fits right back here. Yeah. And so, like, this, um,
0: it's like strap, a clutch. It's almost kind like
1: of, but like, I developed, like, I use like this bigger, um, pull for the zipper because, you mm-hmm. know, wintertime, big fingered gloves, like, sometimes a little thing, like, it's, I just want to make it really easy to open, like, on the run. Yeah. Again, things were really designed as if you were racing, like, get things fast, you know, in right. and out. Um, and that's kind of my, um, my starting point is that accessibility, easy to open. But then, yes, but then it becomes like a nice little carrying thing. So yeah, so it it's, many,
0: it's so it just purposes. so happens my wallet's sitting here. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is, but this is the you know like oh my god I'm I've got like five bags right and I'm trying to carry take care <laughs> of my wallet at the same time or like I'm shopping and I don't want a purse and yeah. um but yeah. yeah yeah so I find that really handy to have um, that little.
1: Yeah. And even like with this, piece. on the pouches, like I don't know if you can see them, but they have these yeah. little, um, tabs on the end mm-hmm. just so to make it easy to open really quick and close. I mean, it's yes. a small detail that, you know, obviously it'd be cheaper if I didn't have it, but without it, it's a little harder to open and with it, yeah, it's open no, fast
0: and yeah. I'm really into like function. mhm No, I think those are really good additions for sure. So tell me about the artist in you before you, before you were the designer
1: Uh, of Fierce Heisel. My my, um, background, like in college, I um, majored in photography and printmaking. Um, Mm -hmm. So I have a photo background and in grad school, I um, actually got my um, master's in sculpture. Um, So I just like... I like making things. Like I like product. Mm-hmm. I like stuff. Um, but then I also have to make a living. So in grad school I
0: <laughs> and that was that thing. Yeah. I know. It's like if I could just yeah, yeah not have just to make parent. art. All day yeah. I feel the same way sometimes. It's like just like life.
1: Um yeah. health insurance, you know, just real stuff. <laughs> Um, but I learned that, you know, back then it was in the well, back then meaning it was in the mid nineties. Um, so learn, learning computer programs and magazine. Mm. And I got into magazines because I love, ma- I love magazines. I love flipping through things. I always have still do. Um, and that's how I got into, um, being an art director for, um, magazines. And actually my wow. first full-time job was for men's fitness, which was, um, based here in LA at the time, and it was just, it was fun, you know, and actually uh-huh. it was kind of, and being around the fitness community, like it was, I'd always, um, like in high, like I was a sports person, um, kid mm-hmm. in high school, played three sports, and, and it kind of fell off during college, like things do with mm-hmm. people, which is unfortunate, um, so it was kind of nice to be around a fitness environment, um, which um, I felt comfortable in, yeah, dudes were like, because it, it was, you know, <laughs> the time it was owned by weeder which is also like muscle and fitness yeah and, yeah you know like like some pretty <laughs> hardcore. like mm-hmm. yeah it was fun no it's cool I mean it was it was a great job uh, um and my um so then I spent about 15 years at different magazines as an art director um and I really and that taught me or what I why I think I excelled in it is that mm-hmm. I like working with creative people. I like the teamwork. Um, mm-hmm. Like so, for Fierce Hazel, like the designs that I have for different, um, you know, the different tags. You can kind yeah. of see back Yeah, I was just looking
0: at your posters in the background. Yeah, yeah. So that's
1: that's not my art, but I hired an illustrator to work with. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so some of the for, for doing a business, some of the branding, you know, like logo design, all the collateral, the website. Um, it's great. Cause I can do it all. So it's, it saves a lot of money yeah. and actually my, mm-hmm. my husband, who is a big supporter, he's a photographer. So, um, he's a, so helps me with all the, um, uh, shooting the product and a lot of oh. the lifestyle shots. He's right. amazing. Um, so it's a team, you know, it's teamwork and it's, mm-hmm. it takes a village, you know, so to speak.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, teamwork is nice, but, um, makes but the yeah, dream so work.
1: <laughs> yeah so i like that aspect i like working with creative people um outdoor people fitness people um it's just the the business side that
0: um, actual selling is the big learning curve <laughs> uh, yeah i hear you 100 yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. the visionary part the visionary part is great it's the other part that <laughs> i i can completely like i'm i'm there with you because yeah. i'm kind of like there
1: yeah yeah. And you know, it takes money to make money and all that kind of stuff. But it's
0: mm.
1: um you know, when you're um like I'm entirely self-funded. Um and it's um you know, it's it's for sure it's challenging. But I'm but thing is I'm really I can sometimes I do think, oh, I shouldn't like, you know, I do get have down moments.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: but actually I'm pretty excited about these new products. Um, because being sustainable and eco-friendly in the bike industry, it's mm. Starting from the ground up, it's easier. I know why bigger companies it's harder to pivot because you have yeah. these products in, in place that people love, and you can't just you know change the fabric or change this, change that because they're used to like a certain product. And so mm-hmm. it's um, so yeah, so it's easier, but it's also more challenging. So even things like um, so I'm really try to be like zero plastic as possible, um, and when you make something. Um, especially at a factory in Asia, everything is put into a plastic bag, like a cheap little plastic bag. And I want oh, away with that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but they serve a purpose to protect it during shipping. Like it's, it's actually, uh, it, it does a purpose, but I don't like the, all the plastic.
0: And mm-hmm. especially when you're
1: ordering like a couple hundred, a thousand pieces, you have all this plastic crap. So
0: I know it comes why, over here.
1: <laughs> so that's why I do, um, cotton bags. Oh, very nice. all my products. So, um, everything comes in a cotton bag, um, from the factory, but that is a huge expense and very difficult for a small company. Um, because like, for example, there's, there's biodegradable, um, bags now, um, poly bags that are um, made from cornstarch, um, which is cool, but then you have to buy like 40,000.
0: Um, you know, like how just, long do they last before they start biodegrading? Well, the Cause thing, you like need to get months. them out quickly. Oh, right. so whoa. I can't,
1: so I could, I mean, I could <laughs> afford to buy 10,000, you know, and have it stored at the factory potentially, but they wouldn't last. They would start to buy. Right. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's little things like this that, um, although even in my couple of years of researching, it's gotten easier. So I think as things move forward, there are, uh, more. Yeah, they're more, they're getting solutions. better. Um, yeah. but so, but creating a cotton bag as a big expense for the product, um, mm-hmm. than just putting it in plastic, but it's not but one, I hope the customer will understand that it's worth it. Um, but I just can't put things in plastic if I don't. Yeah. I mean, every now and then, but it's, it's things like that, that are challenging, but as a small company, I'm able
0: to do because that's, I make the rules. <laughs> you yeah. Know? No, I, I really, I don't like getting all that plastic either. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, really, can you Figure something else out, like because, yeah. like you know, I know they're just passing it on to me to do whatever, whatever, yeah. right? Like, like, am I going to be a good recycler or am I just going to yeah. toss it in the garbage? You know, like um I'm totally on with yeah. the recycling. And I think uh, I think we can sustainable.
1: I mean, it is a huge problem, and it's really it's all <laughs> a lot of it is, um, you know, countries and companies that need to make big steps, but I. I don't want to feel like
0: we're powerless,
1: you know, like you no, and but I, But you can make, make like
0: people steps. appreciate that. Yeah. I think now, now these days, um, I think it's, you know, people we will, have to. yeah. Yeah. And then, um, but then like this other product that I'm coming out with
1: in a couple months, it's a mousse <gasps> bag.
0: Ooh, look um, at that. That's so pretty. It's going to
1: be like this, but actually have a zipper to make it more functional, um, uh-huh. And so that is made out of, um, it feels very, pla- it is plasticky, um, but it's um, recycled nylon made from old fishing nets.
0: Um. Oh, God, old fishing nets. Yes. Yeah. So there's a mean, good place that that's, they need, they need something to do with that stuff.
1: Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So the fabric, I mean, it's very durable. It's waterproof. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's um to feel it it feels kind of plasticky which i don't miss maybe love but then like it's the only option for me you know that was useful
0: That well it's if you're looking for a durable bag especially if it's a lizette like a lisette you know because yeah you know you're always throwing all sorts of things in there yeah. and you don't want it to rip and i yeah. think i think that's a really smart recycling so, um, idea yeah
1: so it's kind of in a way it's i mean in a way it's definitely harder to make things, um, in a sustainable way, but the challenge is kind of fun. And in a way it's kind of good to narrow things down. Cause if you can just choose anything, it becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I like the story behind it too. And I yeah. think a lot of people will, because a yeah. lot of those, you know, like a lot of people are cleaning up the ocean. I mean, not like all of it, yeah. but you know, the, the fishing nets are a huge issue. Yeah. And I was always like, what are you going to do with them? So at least yeah. you got a small product that's going to grow and,
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. even like little things I learned um like like I was talking about the the zipper pull so I had to mm-hmm. learn all about zipper pulls in my you know, <laughs> education even even like these little. <laughs> what do you mean there you just don't put ribbon on it <laughs> like little ones so I yeah. thought initially, initially it'd be cool to make like a little custom zipper pull that had the logo on it. Like hazel. something like
0: this. It's got like a little rubber thing exactly. on the end. And yeah. yeah,
1: so I'm like, that sounds cool. I can, I'm a background in art, sculpture. It'd be like a mini sculpture, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was in Vietnam, I went to a zipper pull factory. And what it is, it was a huge factory with a hundred, mostly women, sitting in front of machines, plastic machines, that they pull a lever, plastic flows out into a little mold. They pull out each zipper pull by hand. And so it's just plastic. Um, And I'm like, oh, I don't think I can contribute to this. You know, like, (sighs) like I don't want my zipper pulls made by someone having to sit in front of molten plastic all day long. Um, Because you walk into the factory and it smells like plastic. Um, So that's why... for these zipper pulls they're made out of um fabric they're just um you know not plastic so any anytime i can get rid of plastic i do because it's it's just it's it's incredible
0: um the amount of plastics in this world holy crap yeah what what we don't know
1: yeah to get something
0: like this yeah as simple as this little thing because it's got a little rubber tab on the end
1: yeah they work great i mean all i mean there's some if you do a custom one, like say one that has your logo on it, then it 's um, produced that way, um, although some that are the um, tags like like on this bag do I have, oh, oh there 's a little side um thing for um, phone there 's mm-hmm. like a little pull tab ones that are made um, not custom are they 're still plastic but are made um, without someone sitting in front of a machine they're like yeah, yeah. they belt but um so just little things you know I'm just trying to do every little thing to make it more
0: um friendly and and sustainable that is super fascinating I mean yeah, all this, like yeah. I can't even imagine like you know deciding to make a a physical product and the like the whole process of putting it together like mm-hmm. you know yeah, more people yeah. I talk to you like yourself it's just amazing um yeah. so cool. Now you've got a product that is, what would you like to f- close us out with? Like, what was? What would be your biggest share, Frankie? Like your new products coming out, what you have happening right now. Um, what would you like to share? Um, what do you want to get out there right now? Well, I, I mean,
1: everything. Everything. I, um, <laughs> Well, I think that the most useful products for not just biking, but for everyday use, um, Mm -hmm. are the, are the wallets just because they're also designed they fit a passport, um, for travel, people are traveling more. Um, and I really like items that have multifunction, although Mm -hmm. I have to say many of my friends use this, um, the ballistic pouch as an
0: everyday wallet. Um, yeah. So can you, so back up to the, what, so you have. Can you just share with us like all the little quickly all the um, the amount of po- pouches that are or pockets that are yeah. in there so in both of the wallet and the that yeah, one so
1: the, the pouch there's this, the one main compartment um okay, actually, so the main... i do have another new product coming out which is a little card holder <laughs> um Yay. people um, mentioned that they would put their credit cards or id in there and get kind of lost
0: right so, um
1: this item i mean it fits right in So Uh your cards, um, but has a front pocket here, which, um, people use for either a handy wipe or a, um, a drink tablet, like a fizzy tab. Um, Okay. Is there a
0: zipper on that one?
1: No, it just fits right in front. Okay. Um, like you would just slide, um, slide it in just like that.
0: Yeah. Like we were talking about lip balm, lip balm. Uh,
1: well, actually, well, the back has, um, what do I have?
0: um, That's like a full size.
1: Yeah, this was this would fit like your kind of phone. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I take a lot of pictures when I bike because I'm
0: that person. I'm that know? person too. I <laughs> know <laughs> so, pictures of me, just pictures of everybody else.
1: <laughs> so, although mini um, phones um, do fit in the main pocket, I like to have it handy if it's not raining and you can. Um, yeah. And then there is this hidden pouch right slot right here, which if you have. Um, So it's a separate little hidden slot, and that was designed for the um, tampon or a pin, um, or I put my chapstick in there now.
0: Oh, very nice. Um,
1: So it was just a very useful, um, it's great, again, for travel, because a passport does fit in here, Mm -hmm. Um, and again, handy wipes, um, also masks are still um, in use many places, so this back slot, Mm -hmm. um, actually, I use it all the time to have masks in there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And Perfect. then the, um, then the wallet,
1: the wallet is similar. So it has this front pocket again, um, for, oh, that's
0: like a pen pocket.
1: Yeah. It's like a, um, I like that, uh, pen. So yeah, right there. And then again, the, um, phone will fit back here, back in the right? back. Okay. Yeah. Um, you got your
0: phone pouch and then, and, uh, then you're going to open it up. And then as you slide it open, Mm -hmm. um, Oh, see, this is where I wanted to get all the pouches inside. So so you just have a
1: separator side slot for whatever you need. And then a more secure one
0: for another um, zip inside zipper for cash and your, yeah, love it. So that's um, what I was wondering. I'm like, I wonder how many, you know, like when you open them up, it's like, yeah, I think it also has a, um a key fob oh yes to lock it yeah inside um,
1: because yeah these are also made for like when i travel when i I often stay at airbnbs and Mm -hmm. i'm always paranoid about losing the key because yeah you know hotel you can get another key but airbnb you're kind of stuck so
0: um or you can just just, attach it to your bag bag yeah you um, know with that little clip and then sometimes <clears throat> i carry it with the keys hanging out it's right
1: there mm-hmm. i mean actually my um my handlebar bag will have also have a key fob in it um because there was one time when i was biking and i forgot to close up the um gravel oh, biking.
0: you know yeah. like, as
1: we do and uh-huh. luckily my keys were clipped in so i didn't lose my keys so right. i'm always apparently like i'm super these products came from my neuroses and being anxiety <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> well, for real like, well no
0: you know you're I mean you're not yeah. the only one who has them because you're like you know
1: yeah sometimes things
0: just, just bounce out and I've thankfully nothing's ever happened to me that way but um but losing yeah, just, your keys on a yeah. trail that would be really yeah. bad
1: and also having all your ride essentials handy um mm-hmm. again when I was even still but doing like my first group rides or like riding with like I don't know I just wanted to it seemed, um, to take a long time to get organized for a ride maybe, and to have everything in one spot, it just was yeah. made getting out the door in the morning easier
0: because it's done. Yeah.
1: You're all there. So,
0: Ooh, that's amazing. Yeah, so, thank you. so those are great products, Frankie. And so where can everybody find you? Um, and where's your store? Fiercehazel.com. Go um, well, online. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Fiercehazel.com. Um, and, um,
1: yeah, so we have the basic um the pouches and the wallet and the backpack there now. Um next we're actually um semi-sold out of these featherweight, but there's okay. more that have just come in. So um they will be on the site by mid-June if I don't know when but next week from now, but mid-June right. or earlier.
0: <laughs> um- <laughs> we are in June now. <laughs> yeah. God.
1: And um the Musette bag should be available in about a month or so. Um, okay. and then, um, actually I have a couple new interesting products, all sustainable, working with local people who are also into sustainability that will be, okay. um, us made, um, using some oh, of their scraps. Oh, perfect.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, they have scraps from their products and my products and, um, just fun collaborations with people who are like-minded also in the cycling world. Um, just with that focus, um, and again, really about accessibility and being open mm-hmm. to
0: everyone who bikes, um, mm-hmm. and making things useful for everyone. I think those in country collaborations are going to be big too. Yeah. Coming up. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. because, if, yeah, you don't have to wait and, um, they're right in your backyard. I think that's yeah. going to be important. So yeah. thank you so much. Oh, I forget to mention that we were connected by our friend, Allie. I believe it was Allie. Yeah. Allie she's Davis, good. Yeah. Ali yeah, Davis. Amazing woman, yeah. Yeah, her podcast is coming out. Uh, she is a collaborator with uh, Jill Yesco doing the documentary for Uphill Climb. And so this is a really nice... That's a, that's a fun... Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to be with them in France for a couple of days. Um, oh, yes. She mentioned them, that. Assisting them. I'm like, I'm oh. I'm jumping on that bag. bag, bag All right. And, like, well, I'm you gonna have just... a fabulous time there. I know <laughs> yeah. I have... Um, I have something booked with her in the fall just to yeah. uh, do a little uh, check-in and yeah. uh, an yeah. update really on important. all that fun.
1: Yeah, really important film. I'm just like uh, thrilled. I mean, learning so much
0: every day. Mm-hmm, it sounds like it. Oh my gosh, yeah. what a, a learning curve you've, you're on for sure. So yeah. I wanna thank you so much. And I wanna make sure, where is it, where are you on, on socials besides your fiercehazel.com? Uh, mostly,
1: um, yeah, Instagram is um, hazel. <laughs> really that's pretty at fierce.hazel um that's the main one from there you can find you know facebook you find everything um
0: yeah but yeah perfect so we'll have everything in our show notes and don't forget to follow frankie at fierce hazel and also our podcast at secrets in the saddle podcast on instagram plus also sign up for our newsletter so you don't miss an episode. With that, have an amazing day, everybody. Thank you so much again, uh, Frankie. Um, I learned something new every time when I do these podcasts. It doesn't matter. Um, And I feel that maybe I can put you in touch with a couple of people that might help you along. Um, And uh, that's another big part of this is uh, being able to connect people for me. So with that, have an amazing day. And everybody, you enjoy yourselves. Wonderful. Fantastic. Thank you. All right, everyone, Well, you heard it, I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode with Frankie Holt and her brand Fierce Hazel. Take a serious look at those products and also the fact that supporting sustainability in our everyday economy now that, you know, and she was telling me that she's looking at uh, sourcing it out and building products in the United States, which is even better. So keeping it local. So... Always support local products. With that, have yourselves an amazing day and don't forget to follow our podcast on Instagram and sign up for the cycling newsletter. See you later and enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I'm so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, Tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.